dearly and nearly captured us drinking this wonderful lemon balm tea on 420. So um, today we're going to be talking about cannabis, weed, culture, um, where things are at in 2023. Um, pleased to be joined by a guest who's been on um, many years ago, um, a cannabis activist called Trev Coleman. We'll bring him in in a moment. Uh, before we do, usual housekeeping. If you want to support our work, you can go to PAT reon.com forward slash cow daily that's patreon.com forward slash cow daily uh link in the description for paypal if you want to make a one-off contribution to our work that'd be much appreciated also if you could please share the stream that would be much appreciated like comment all that good stuff help to help with the algorithm um that would be very much appreciated um also if you would get your questions in the comments for trev um anything you want to ask him Feel free here to answer any questions. He's very knowledgeable about the subject, and we're very pleased to have him here. So, without further ado, I'll bring him in. How are we doing, Trev? You all right, pal? Gannon, Connie, Young, and how's yourself? I'm all right, mate. I not bad. Um, feeling feeling healthy for once. So, you know, I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> what about you? What's been going on in your world, pal? Um, not a lot as of late, uh, apart from getting turned over. Um, what did you get get raided? No, I no. I had half a dozen Egypts try to break into my house with machetes. No way. Well, because of... oh yeah, I'm, I'm sat here with no back door, no windows. Uh, they, they couldn't get in because they couldn't get past me. They they done me front. No way. Was this recently? Uh, well, no. Yeah, this recently? literally this week, about about four to six weeks ago, something like that. Bloody hell, mate! So yeah. no no problem since. No, not a thing. Just uh. I think it's just been one of those things. I thought I'd, I'm actually under suspended at the minute. Um, I've obviously thought I was up to me old tricks and decided to come and turn us over, but I was right. all in the house. So, right, well, we'll pick thing. up on, on that in a bit, in a bit, because um, I didn't I didn't know that was going on for you. Um, like basically, what what we're going to talk about today, just for people who are just joining the stream, is um, sort of where things are at with cannabis activism, which you've been involved in for the longest time, as long as I've known you. I think that's probably how. Um, we got on to each other, wasn't it? Because you were a guest some time ago. Um, so yeah, I'll really just a follow-up today. Yeah, I mean, that's, uh, um, when we first got talking, it was when I, I was actually with Teesside Cannabis Club at the time, and we just brought the news on the the decrim in Durham that the Nationals jumped all over. Yeah. Um, um, there's been a lot of things happened since then. Um, I, I've actually got to thank you for that interview because that one that was meeting a young lad called Simpa Carter, who, mm -hmm. as far as I'm concerned, he's one of the most knowledgeable around. And anybody wants to check him out, simpalife.com. Very good. Um, nice he is. He's a really good kid. He's done a hell of a lot of good work across this area. Um, um, I, in, the, in the years that I was with Teesside Cannabis Club, we did a hell of a lot. I mean, yeah. we're... We did uh, something like three TV um, appearances, one where Jeremy Kyle actually came to visit us. He's, he's I remember that, actually. Yeah. <laughs> that was quite funny, that. Actually, Trev, before we get into all this, I probably should throw this up on the screen, right, just for um, just for the likes of yeah, YouTube and all of that. Um, obviously, there's rules on um, like cannabis and things like that, obviously, in a place where you are at the minute which is it makes it legal so what it says up here on the screen i'll just read it out uh, so if anybody from youtube is watching this i am actually a journalist believe it or not um, i can show you my credentials it says here on this article we took from cannabolish.com the new rules 
state that any such content must be presented in a journalistic manner, objectively, without glorification, and with the intent to inform or educate. Um, and it also says, can you smoke weed on YouTube? It's tricky, any content which portrays the abuse, purchase, manufacture, sale, or discovery of drugs in a graphic and detailed manner is likely to draw negative attention from the platform. So we have both agreed we're not going to smoke weed on camera at all, even though we both do smoke weed. So thanks for smoking weed before you came on camera. Thank you very much. <laughs> I've had about 100 milligram of oil this morning as well, so I'm in a really nice place just now. So just just on that, I mean, why 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 do you smoke weed? Like, is it recreational or, or med medical or both? Or what, what's the crack? It, it's, it's essentially both. I mean, I, I obviously came to it through recreational use. But I, mean, I remember that, that very first time I used it, the sleep I got that night through the various aches and pains because mm -hmm. I've got a stenosis in my lumbar degenerative disc disease, early onset arthritis. I had one of the best nights sleep I'd had in years. And it, it, it was that that led to us to the discovering the medical side. Yeah. Once yeah. I discovered the medical side, I discovered the industrial side. And I have to say, I mean, beyond pain relief as a drug, it doesn't really interest us that much. It was all. It was actually the energy sector that brought me to reform because I yeah, think that one is yeah. far more vital, um, vital right now. So you've you've sent us a, um, so a few like images. So you're referring to this in particular. Um, this in particular, yes. Can I just read out for the audio people what it is? So we've got a slide that um, that Trevor sent, where and it's hemp biodiesel, 100, percent and there's a couple of jars with with it in. Can you just explain what that is? This is basically, this is diesel made from hemp, made from weed. And yeah. um, the way you do that is you, you pollinate the plants, that creates seeds, squash the seeds, that gives you the, the seed oil, which you then combine with ethanol made from the sticks and stems, and that makes biodiesel. So oh. this, now for me, this is the, the main reason that cannabis is illegal. It's got nothing to do with the drugs aspect. It's got all to do with our economy. Right. Uh, now, if you look at world economies, now, I mean... Just clar clarify from a journalistic perspective, is that like your opinion, like anecdotal, or could you evidence that? This is my opinion, but there is evidence to back it all up. Cool, man. Now, the, if you've got a choice between... Uh, the, the basic question, if you've got a choice between filling your car with diesel from Saudi Arabia or from Joe Bloggs, a local farmer down in Heaton, which one are you going to choose? Um, well, I mean, straight away, you, you're going to choose the local, aren't you? If you if exactly. possible. So, what, so what does that do for... Well, I, I, you're asking around? me, I would. I'm not sure if like the public would, though, because of education. Yeah, I, 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 I mean, your yeah, petrol yeah, from Saudi is costing you, what, I think it's about 160, 70 per litre at the minute. Mm -hmm. If you're getting it from your local farmer at 50 pence per litre, which uh, one are you going to choose? Straight away, I mean, you're going cheaper, aren't you? Exactly. Now, what does that do for Saudi Arabia, for Norway, for Russia, for the petrol dollar? You're going to need some freedom when you do start doing stuff like this. Yeah, I get you. I get you. So basically, I mean, as we know, I mean, what you're insinuating there is like, Obviously, war tends to follow um, either scarcity or a change in fuel source and whatever. So you've exactly. seen that a lot of it's about like sort of geopolitics and people like and the the decision makers obviously being hand in glove with the oil companies. 
exactly i mean if you go back to the original court case for um cannabis prohibition uh, the timber industry was actually a massive driver of this right because there was a gentleman called randolph hurst who was the um he was the rupert murdoch of his day yeah. He had massive timber interests, which cannabis was undercutting because you can obviously make paper from the sticks and stems. Yeah. So if it, once cannabis was out of the picture, the stock value of his timber went right up, as did the price of petrol, the petrol, um, what do you call it? Like, petrol um, products. I can't, I can't think of the word. I know what you're saying, like petrol rate products, no, things made no, from oil. A lot, a lot is made exactly from oil. Exactly. No, no, yeah. Exactly. Now, look around, just look around you now. Like, I mean, I just, I'm just looking at you now. Like, now I already see plastics, paints, varnishes, yeah. nylons, all that sort of thing. All of that I is made from oil. Creamy glasses. And all of that can be, exactly. Now, all of that can be replaced with weed. Let's try. Let's take me glasses. Are the hemp frames available now for glasses? Oh, yeah, yeah, plenty of them all over the world. I'm yeah. doing you. Yeah, actually, I'm gonna have a look. See, see what what's about. <laughs> Honestly, I, there's. I mean, I was down in. Um, I think it was a pound shop not so long ago. Yeah, mm -hmm. a Poundland actually, and I had the these hemp loofah things. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's literally anything you can think of that you can make from a petrochemical. You can make from weed. One of the, the very last orders for anything hemp-related before Prohibition kicked in was a, a consignment of um, hemp seed oil to be turned into varnish. Right. Okay. That's interesting, <laughs> man. So you've yeah, seen I mean, um, slides, Trev. Shall I, I'm going to lob another one up for you, mate, um, and right. have a look at this one. So I'll read it out for the... Um, for the audio people who can't see this, we knew we couldn't make it illegal to be either against the war or or black. Black, but oh, is that blacks there? Because it's covered over. Yeah. But I'm by getting the public to associate, black. okay, mate. But by getting the public to associate with hippies, hippies with marijuana and blacks with heroin, and then criminalising both heavily, we could disrupt those communities. We could arrest their leaders, raid their homes, break up their meetings, and vilify them night after night on the evening news. Did we know we were lying about the drugs? Of course we did. Right, this is Nixon policy advisor, John Ehrlichman. First thing I'm going to ask you, Trev, have you corroborated this this quote? Is that, because it seems to me like, wow, that's really candid. Is, is that like an attributed quote to yeah, Ehrlichman? It was in Rolling Stone magazine. Right. I, I, this is not me disputing you, but I've got to ask these things for the purposes of the show. You know? This was done away. He told this to, to an interviewer for Rolling Stone magazine in 1995. Now, the next slide you want to be bringing up is uh -huh. the one about terrorism. Okay, I'll go to that for you. Two seconds, mate. Got it, yeah. Right. I'll read it. I'll read right. it out first just so the, the audio people have got it, right? So it says here, what is terrorism on the slide? There's no great definition of terrorism internationally. The UK's Terrorism Act 2000 defines terrorism as the use or threat of action designed to influence the government or an, an international governmental organization or to intimidate the public or a section of the public made for the purposes of advancing a political, religious, racial or ideological cause. And it involves or causes serious violence against a person, serious damage to a property, a threat to a person's life, a serious risk to health and safety of the public or serious interference with or disruption to an electronic system. There you go, Trev. What, why, why did you send us that, mate? Right. Go, simply go back to the John Ehrlichman quote. And that, that whole quote, you've got criminal conspiracy, fraud, and terrorism all in one. 
Now, you want to break down why, you... why terrorism? Like, what's the, right. why would you say? Bring that slide back up then. The, no the John Ehrlichman one. I'll leave it on the screen for you, right? Yeah, right. No, the John, Ehr John Ehrlichman oh, Ehrlichman. one. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, the John Ehrlichman right, Just go back. Right, there you go. Is it up? I'm just a bit a bit of a no, lag on my go. side there. There you go, pal. There you go, right. So the use of force against a... For, with a, a racist, racial, religious, ideological, or political motivation. What you yeah. what have you got there? I, I get what you're saying. So, so what would you, you, have would you is, suggest that like it's government-led domestic terrorism based on the definition yeah. of terrorism you've provided? I one hundred percent, and it's all been legally checked. Man, like, so who's done the like, who's the people who've done the legal checking and that kind of thing? Like, I've 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 gone over this with several people. I mean, um, when I got I got busted a couple of years ago. Okay. Um, we actually went through, but just for just so people know, um, those four guys tried to break into my house, and me being here on my own, I was crippled at the time. I could barely walk. Yeah. I panicked and I called the police. And at the time, I had seventy-five plants on the go. Got you. And. I got busted. Now, as part of a group called See Our Future, I mean, I, this, go, this gets so convoluted, it goes back to a conversation I had years ago with Durham Police. Sure. Now, I had a conversation with the, the former PCC for Durham Police, Ron Hogg. So that's the Police Crime Commissioner, right? Ron Hogg, eh? Yes, that's right, the, the late Crime Commissioner. And that was for um, County Durham, yeah? Yeah, that's right. Got you, mate. Now, at the time, I had uh, my background. I, I've got to explain. Uh, it's all, it's all government stuff. Of, yeah. I'm an IT um, tech by trade. Applied that trade across every government organisation. Going, I went to Iraq in 2003 to gain a security clearance. Yeah. That allowed us to yeah. go to work for the likes of British Aerospace, GCHQ, the police, MPS, CPS, DWP, the whole bloody lot. So the way they do things is the way I do things. You follow procedures because they've been put in place to, to to make sure that systems work correctly. Yeah, I've got I've got I've got complete respect for the chain of command and all that sort of thing. So I went and, I went and looked at the charges. So cannabis is legislated for as a Schedule One controlled substance. Okay, I, I went there, which means it's got no medicinal benefit and a high propensity for abuse. Mm -hmm. So I went looking on, on the PS code G, the police have to have justification for arrest. And the only thing that gives them justification for arrest is that schedule one status because it says it's a this harmful drug and all the rest of it. So I went looking for that evidence. I spent about three weeks going through every government agency I could trying to find it and I couldn't find it. So eventually I got in touch with Durham police and I asked them to direct us to it. They told us that the, the, the lady I talked to said she couldn't direct us to it, but she would get Ron Hook to give us a buzz later. Mm -hmm. So give us a buzz later, and I asked him to direct us to it. And he told us that he couldn't. When I asked him why not, he told us because it doesn't exist. Right. Yeah, but, uh, what do you mean it doesn't exist? If it doesn't exist, then how can people be getting charged? That's just the way it is. So, There's so literally no behind the charges people are being defrauded on an industrial scale yeah so ron hogg's not in post anymore is he i'm just trying to get up he's dead, he's dead. Oh, he's, he's he passed on years years. 
So what's the crack with the new PCC? Are they having a similar oh. view? Oh, you know all this crap with um, the NOS at the minute? That's all being led by Joy Allen, who's the current chief of police in Durham. So a complete 180 from Ron Hogg then, is it like... Oh, yeah, completely, yeah. And is she linked to the Labour Party at all? Is that... I have no idea. I've got no idea on the Just, politics. I, I know the PCC in Northumberland is like Kim McGuinness and she's Labour, so I don't know if it was the same. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of out of the picture on all of that side now. Right. I, I, to be honest, I've done my best to avoid a lot of it over the last couple of years because uh, it just becomes so bloody stressful. I Knowing everything that I know and having stuck with like various legal experts and everything that I've seen over the last couple of years, I'm kind of shocked. I mean, I look at my CV now, not as something that I used to have pride in, you know, like here's my bit, do me bit for the country and all this, working yeah. for all these different government organisations. Like now I look at it as a rap sheet of complicity. It's, I mean, well, when you really get down to the real bigger picture of all of this, it's absolutely mental. I mean, you've got one, you've got one slide there, Henry Ford. Yeah, well, I can't really exactly. Yeah, yeah. Aye, we had looked and seen his eyes. By the way, before you tell us, I, 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 he was a complete Nazi. So I'm going to give him that yeah. one. But this, the, he the was eyes correct. are evil. I'm going to read this yeah. out just for all of your people, mate. So this is from Henry yeah. Ford. Why use up the forest which were centuries in the making and the mines which required ages to lay down if we can get the equivalent of forest and mineral products in the annual growth of the hemp fields? Interesting. So tell us more. Exactly. Now, you think about that. Now, if if we he commissioned a study in 1925 that concluded with only six percent of land set aside for industrialized cannabis cultivation, America would have been energy independent without the need for fossil fuels. Right. That is that is completely huge. That 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 means the likes of Exxon, BP, Shell, all of their business model would have been completely obliterated because of this one resource got you now you, you've got another slide there harry anslinger one mm -hmm. can you bring that up for us please no problem mate i think i've got it right here two seconds it's the one i believe there we go right i'll read it out for the audio people this is harry j anslinger there are a hundred thousand total marijuana smokers in the us and most are negroes hispanics filipinos and entertainers their satanic music, jazz, and swing result from marijuana usage. This marijuana causes white women to seek sexual relations with Negroes, entertainers, and any other. Is this the like sort of reefer madness era, the like 1930s, Trev? Is that the. Yeah, sort of exactly that. Exactly that. So basically, everybody right now is going cold and hungry to prop up the energy companies for activities that can be viewed on any porn channel instantly. To, right, unpack that for us. There's a lot, a lot that to think about. Tell us more. Well, as I said, if we followed the Henry Ford suggestion in 1925 and gone with industrialized cannabis cultivation for energy independence, mm -hmm. rather than following what Harry Anslinger said in 1937, mm -hmm. the the energy companies wouldn't have a leg to stand on. We, we'd have we'd be using industrialized cannabis now instead of fossil fuels and forestry. So, like, since we last spoke, there's been a lot of legalization around the world. I think it was 2016 when we last did one of these. 
what has happened yeah. as a result of that legalization to sort of move this type type of stuff forward i'm not just talking about like sort of people actually smoking it recreationally or medically i'm talking about this bigger picture stuff that you're talking about has it like nudged that in, in any positive direction it seems to have i mean a lot of it seems to be absolutely mental as well i mean yeah. I, it's it's always the same it's always like yeah your different different economic interests trying to slow things down and yeah. make, it, make it so that these other interests have still got their place in the market. Because I mean, there's um, I mean, if you can make stuff like like cottonized fibers from yeah hemp sticks and stems, that Aye. there's your there's your cotton industry gone. Yeah, you know, there's I mean, for me, uh, the, the most exciting project around is one called is, is a company called Gravitas Carbatura. Yeah. Now, what they're doing is they're, they're setting up these acre, it's a five-acre site mm -hmm. on a one-acre piece of land. So you've got like five acres of it. Is this in the UK, is it? No, no, it's actually in Florida at the moment. Florida. I'm working. Yeah. Um, and what they're going to do is they're going to grow mass, they're going to grow hemp en masse in hydroponics, which is going to be, um, it's going to be water reclamation, carbon capture, uh -huh. and the results of it it's all going to be energy independent it's all going to work with they're going to use all the, the biomass to generate it and then what they knock out the biochar can be turned into stuff like graphene uh -huh. um, do you know much about graphene at all i don't and i was just about to ask you about it so tell, tell me more right graphene for me is the game changer in all of this mm -hmm. graphene is a layer of carbon that is one atom thick it's lighter than, lighter than air, stronger than steel. It's more conductive than copper. If you put 100 degrees at one end of it, uh, you'll get 100 degrees at the other end of it instantly. In between will be completely cool. Yeah. Effectively a semiconductor. Now, at present, we make it from coal. And it costs something. Oh, no. I mean, numbers are probably off now. But at the time, it was something like $2 billion per tonne to make from coal. Yeah. Or making it from the from the fibers of weed, it's about five hundred dollars per ton. Right. Uh, the one of the you know how British Vault have just shut down in Ashington. Yeah, they did. Why why aren't we tapping into applied graphene materials in Middlesbrough to start making graphene batteries which outperform lithium? Or well, I mean, magic we know about lithium, don't we? Because there's this whole like sort of minerals and war, and a lot of it's around lithium. So, exactly. I mean, yeah, um, I mean there's for a, mobile phones. We need that, isn't it? Isn't isn't that what it's, it's for? Everything, is? literally yeah. everything. Lithium. I mean, lithium-ion batteries. Your phones. Yeah. I'm not sure what else it goes in. Um, I know it goes into a lot of batteries. Well, um, but yeah, they're, they're talking about oh, there's a there's a trillion dollars worth of deposits in. Afghanistan, but are talking about opening a lithium mine in Durham, and you've got Durham. all of the yeah. Whereabouts? Do you not know about this? No, I can't remember whereabouts it is, but they're talking about opening a lithium mine in Durham. There's another one in Cornwall, which is already wow. causing havoc down there. So, do you when think you it's possible that, like, you know, we talk about oil wars and things? Do you think we're going into an era of lithium wars? Do you think that? This, this, that's what this, that's what all of this is over, man. Then. It, it literally, it's all, all wars are resource wars. I mean, I remember standing in at a place called Concrete Beach, at the back of Basra Airport, 2003, when I worked there. Oh, yeah. 
Along the horizon, you've got several stacks that are flaring. They're now, they're now known as sacrifice zones because the amount of people that are getting leukemia and all that sort of thing around it. Right. Now and again, I would get trips down to Kuwait. And to get to Kuwait, you had to go through the, the highway of death. I'm presuming you've seen pictures of that at some point. Yeah, I definitely. Like, yeah, there's all kinds at the side of the road, IEDs, that kind seeing, of thing. Seeing, seeing pictures doesn't do it justice. Well, seeing all of that, when I discovered the energy sector mm-hmm. with cannabis, that it, it sort of highlighted all of that. Is like, why are they, why are we doing all of this to various countries, to Iraq, to Palestine, to Yemen? Well, all the resources that we can have from a farmer's fields. Yeah. It may, it's literally, it's none of it makes sense to me. It's the only thing that makes it make sense is that economics. Yeah, definitely. So, to bring this home for everybody watching this, to make it, to really make it to highlight, right now you're going to be seeing big fields of rape coming up, big fields mm-hmm. of yellow rape. Yeah. We only form rape for its seed oil, and it will only produce 120 gallons per acre. If you were to be farming hemp instead, you would get anywhere from 300 to 1,000 gallons of seed oil per acre. That's 0.2% THC hemp. Mm-hmm. If you were to remove the THC cap, that acre becomes 20 to 30 times more productive. Yeah. And if you tap into hydroponics, like the, the Gravita, Gravitas Carbatura project, you can increase that yield again by around 500%. Wow. And that's within the same yeah. sort of space, eh? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So effectively, so what? that's why economics is all behind this. A resource that offers abundance is an anomaly in a system of debt-based scarcity. Mm-hmm. Got you. Yeah. Um, I I really don't care about cannabis as a drug, but as a resource, it's a game changer. But all well, of us, I mean, you I mean, made a pretty a pretty compelling case for it there, and uh, like just to come, come back with it, if it uh, give us give us a minute. Like what I, what I'm hearing is it's like a lot of the stuff that we we're researching, which is like why are things like hitting a brick wall when it's rational that we would employ these things, and obviously we see the corruption and vested interests in certain sectors of society, decision makers, positions of power. So I w- was. I mean, obviously, it's a big wonder, like, why aren't we doing these things in the times of scarcity that we have when people can't even afford to put heat in their radiators, can't afford to eat? And I think we've learned through the through the pandemic that the people at the top do not give a, a monkeys about us. So if we were to take all of those things as read, we, we can now start to understand why these things aren't being used, I would suggest, based on what you're saying. Yeah, that's exactly it's exactly that because it, the, the thing about all their stocks and shares that they, that this devalues. You know, I mean, if what's it do for Esso, for BP, Shell, Exxon, just on oil alone? Yeah, and you've got all the, the other fifty thousand applications that come with this plant, yeah, which right. are expanded massively with the introduction of graphene. I, I we've got apply, applied graphene materials just down the road is the leading lab for developing the technology, and it's just down at the Teesside Industrial Park, mm-hmm. just up the road from me in concert. There's a company called Thomas Swan who are an international distributor of graphene. Yeah, I'm looking at open fields here. Meanwhile, I've got there's a company in Cockfield, the Healing Cauldron, 
They're a CBD company. You've got it in Teesside. You've got Teesside Cannabis Club, which are a police back recreational club. So effectively, you've got medical, you've got recreational. We're missing the industrial to get real, to, to really kick things off in the area. I don't think, and that creates all, tens of thousands of jobs. Yeah, I get that. Like, I mean, I, I I I share the same sort of vision for it as you do. I mean, one one of the things that's happened like in the last week, I don't know if you you've seen it, about the developments in Germany. Um, yeah. they've, they've shied away from. <laughs> they've shied away from like the big sort of like California model where it's like you know shop front and you go in and buy it like at the end of the shop and it's more like the Spanish socios method for people no. who don't know it's like you know at Barcelona the football club it's the 51% thing it's like communities like manage things themselves and um, so they've went for that personally I favor that I think that's a better model it's more in the hands of the people but that doesn't account, like account for the industrialization side of it so how does the likes of Germany get from that model to the industrialization and what barriers would they face if, if any honestly man I'm not entirely sure because I uh, so young Simba he went off and done a tour of the states a few years ago mm-hmm. And he went to uh, a lot of these um, these massive growth facilities, yeah. and they've literally got mountains and mountains of sticks and stems sat rotten in the sun. Oh man, because that's no good. Exactly, exactly. I mean, they're making right now. It's eight point two million per acre for flowers alone, and then everything else just goes to waste. So it's literally just the offcuts, like the sticks and the stems that people don't smoke that can be used for the things that you're describing. Well, it's yeah. just madness. Just isn't it? it's exactly. Just madness. It's been thrown away. Exactly. It, it makes no sense to me whatsoever when you've got you've got companies like Gravitas who could be setting up. I mean, this Gravitas Carbatura thing, for me, we've got 15,000 sewer outlets in the UK. Oh, yeah. If you were to put one of those outlets on the top of every single outlet, you've got water, you've got water reclamation, so it doesn't matter what those plants are being fed on because it's all being used for biomass. It fucks it all for drugs in any case because nobody's going to want to smoke anything comes with a hint of late night bus stop. Yeah. It's, for me, I'd put one of those those things on top of every outlet, a sewer outlet, and you've got water treatment, carbon capture, mass resource production. You've got everything that you could need, everything all in one on a local basis. Yeah. This is uh, now mass resource production with your 50, 51%. Bring it on. Defo, man. I'm just looking through some of the comments just to see um, are people are talking about the graphene, they're talking about like diesel. Um, right, I'm just going to find if there's a question for you because I'm trying to wade through a very vibrant comment section to find them. <laughs> Um, Slaz has definitely got a question for you. He's put a question mark at the end of it. How's your court case going? Um, Basically, they bent me over. Um, What happens when you go to court? It's, I have to say, it's one of the more, I was completely shocked by what I've witnessed in in this. Mm -hmm. Despite the fact that I handed over reams of information that the police had committed fraud, yeah. And that the foundation for what they're doing is the racist American policing of the 1950s, which is all confirmed in Parliament and all the rest of it. Yeah, I was yeah. terrorised into complying with fraud because I face a, a, a politically and racially motivated threat of six years inside 
if I didn't comply with fraud, because they they kind of they kind of give us evidence that cannabis meets a Schedule One, Schedule Two um, status. Yeah. So I ended up with I, I decided to go rather than spend six years inside. I went with a suspended for two years mm-hmm. with a hundred fifty six pound fine. But even now, two years later, I'm still going through that whole complaints process because I'm going through the IOPC and all that sort of thing. Now, one of the the last projects I was involved with was a group called Seed Our Future. Now, um, this gentleman called Guy Coxall and Steve Harrison. Guy Coxall from Hemp Tank and Steve Harrison of Flora Fusion and Fife, another CBD company. We... We sort of collated the the case behind Seed Our Future where the police are engaged in a criminal conspiracy, fraud and terrorism. Mm-hmm. If you go to if you go to the seedourfuture.co.uk, on there you will find a document called No Evidence, No Crime. Aye. That details the whole case. That was sent out to every police force in the country in I think it was November of twenty twenty and uh, sorry, October twenty twenty, every MP November 2020. That effectively should have been filtered down to the lower the lower orders, but it never ever was, and it's been ignored by the judiciary and all the rest of it. Got you. That is that's now currently starting to get somewhere because there's a gentleman that guy is working with who has decided has gone litigant in person, so he's bypassed the solicitors who are going to bend you over and forget about them. The case is going to be heard in August, apparently. But I, I, I can honestly see what's going to happen is the same thing I've seen happen so many times with like Jeff Ditchfield and all the others. They're going to wait till the very last minute and they're going to say, George is dismissed, there's nothing the public interest. Got you. And then maintain that illegal status because the cannot have us win. It's as simple as that. So Things August, won't change is it August you were saying there that they should come to a conclusion for you, eh? Hopefully, yeah, well, enough for me. This is for this other gentleman. He's got, he, they're actually going to have a proper jury trial where everything's going to be done on human rights and the law. The whole lot is this guy's really going to go, going to, going to bat with it. Like, got you, man. I've got time for another couple more questions if you have, like, yeah, sure. Cool. Right, Jackson, can I ask what we do think is more detrimental, a higher THC content per plant versus a greater involvement of chemical enhancements for a greater yield per plant? Oh, God, definitely get rid of the chemicals, 100%. Um, the whole thing around THC con is just, again, it's it's that thing of demonizing the plant because of its product productivity. If you've got that low, low, low THC cap, 0.2%, then... It, it limits the productivity of the plant. That remove the THC cap that allows it to get that massively productive thing where yeah, instead of you going to Saudi to fill your car, you're going to farmer blogs. Yeah. The, the there's actually a there's a patent out there for THC as a neuroprotectant. The this thing about if if you're worried about smoking it, get rid of the baggy. The backy is the one that's causing the issue, and there's 75% of you UK people smoke it unfiltered in their joints. Yeah. And it's actually been found to be a causal factor in schizophrenia now. Because it's the combination between it, the two? No, no, just the tobacco. Right. Okay, it's just tell the us more. Now, um, 
If you look at the very, no, I, I actually went over this with Mike Barnes, who of um, it was a professor of neurology at Newcastle University. I've actually spoken to him before. Ah, he's a good, a good yeah, he's man. a really nice guy, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Um, now, in when you ingest cannabis, it sparks a process called neurogenesis in the hippocampus and amygdala regions of the brain, which is the creation of new brain cells, new pathways. Mm-hmm. Tobacco is a neural trimmer. What that does is it breaks down those those pathways and those brain cells. So I asked Mike Bonds if cannabis sparks a creation of new brain cells in those areas of the brain, whilst tobacco destroys them, how can it possibly be the weed that's causing schizophrenia? Mm-hmm. And he said he didn't know. It's this whole THC, this whole demonization of THC, forget it, just go for it, enjoy it as much as you like. It's yeah. it's simply uh, get rid of the baggie. If you've got mental health concerns when it comes to smoking weed, cut out the baggie. Makes I mean, sense I, I, to me. I, smoke, yeah. I only ever smoke blunts. Got you. I mean, I don't smoke with baggy whatsoever. I'll, right. I'll use um, I use it like a vaporizer. Like, I, I, I like my vape as well. I've got a little patch three. But I, I, to be honest, I, I prefer my yours. I get more from that. Um, when I'm making them, I, when I, I like to make my own, and I do a combination of three part THC, one part CBD, fifty to hundred milligram per dose, three or four times a day. Good for you, man. I mean, is, is that helping yeah. you? Oh, massively, yeah. I mean, but um, I'm also addicted to prescription drugs as well now, thanks thanks to the police, and um, I'm on um, dihydrocodone and pregabalin three days, four days. I need to ask you why? Why is that down at the police? Because I wasn't because I was using those when I got to when I got done by the police, but I was using them sporadically, just as and when the pain and throat me spine got too bad. Understand. Uh, I use weed to manage it the rest of the time, without the grow and all the rest of it, and having everything uh, to look after myself. I had no other option but to turn to the stuff from the doctors. So you couldn't use that one day, day, every day. Yeah, yeah. Got you. I mean, I, 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 went, I went, I went to the doctors recently to talk to them about it, and uh, reckon that the my next step in pain management would be morphine. So yeah. I'm doing my best just to manage with what I'm what I am. So I'd like to add to what you're saying is like I had a spinal surgery in 2017 and I had the last of me opiates on the night of the thing. And then after that, what all I used for pain relief was paracetamol and, and cannabis. See, we it's just it's um, it, was like, it was mainly the cannabis. It was like, you know, I was like basically <laughs> learning to walk again for a year and it just provided a lot of relief for us, you know. And also I had yeah, properties. Exactly, and uh, anti-inflammatory muscle relaxing, but there's also the mental health as- aspect of getting your head into another place where you can deal with that sort of pain. Yeah, definitely. You know, uh, yeah, that's a really good it point. It helps massively with that. Massively. I, I found that too, like, because it was just, like, you, obviously, if I was stuck on my back, I was ruminating too much and whatever, and it just seemed to hack that, and it just melted that away. And especially when I was basically sleeping on the floor for a year afterwards, you know? So just to <laughs> iron it out. So, you know, I needed something. And uh, yeah, honest, exactly. when I got better, I was sick of it. And I had about three months without smoking because I just couldn't handle it anymore. It was just too much. But oh, that, was, that was just me. It was because at the time, and I know this now, I could, didn't have access to specific strains. I couldn't trust what I was getting. 
which brings me to this question here, I believe, uh, from Glasgow the Red. Does Trev think we'll see legalisation within a decade, in obviously in the UK? You know what it is? For the last decade I've been here, and we're going to see, cha- we're going to see change within the next five to ten years. And, uh, oh, I'm sick of hearing it. It's, I wish to just get on with it. Mm. Honestly, I mean, uh, just uh, just decrim the plant, get it off. I mean, I, this is one of the things I'm going through with the IOPC at the minute. The placement of cannabis within the Misuse of Drugs Act is a crime in itself. It should not be there. Mm-hmm. It's an act of terrorism to enforce legislation around it. Yeah, and we've we've shown you, we've shown everybody who's watching that uh, today, and it is one hundred percent confirmed. I mean, it's, uh, it was actually quite funny when when I when I got turned over, I had to do a, a statement for the police, and I've got a quality control call, um, and it turns out that I mean the guy who I was talking to, he started telling me all about the the very good evidence for cannabinoids in the treatment of spinal cord injury. Turns out he comes from a medical background. Mm-hmm. I told him I was. I, I got convicted for um, cultivation of something that they reckon has got no medicinal value. And, and he turned around and said, "Well, that's not right." Yeah. And as it turns out, and um, I, I also asked him if he knew what the foundation of the enforcement was. And he turned around and he, he, he came up with the classic line, "And oh, we just follow guidelines." In word and. It's like so you're, you're oh, literally no, just doing guidelines. You're not you're not actually doing your job and doing your due diligence and making oh, yeah. sure that you've got the evidence to back up the charges. You're not just following guidelines. And so you're, you're committing an act of terrorism because the foundation of this is the political racism of the 1950s. What I want to ask Politi- you about because you mentioned this at the top of the show and we've got a couple of minutes. You said that recently, some like within the last six weeks you'd been somebody tried to turn you over machetes at the house and whatever is that the the second is it's happened twice because you said it happened yeah that's is that the second time it is yes if this was legalized that wouldn't be happening to you because people wouldn't be coming to turn your bloody house over because we would be everywhere and it's that's what what it is it's bringing people like you into criminality but also access to hardened criminals and because like you've got these like uh, these gangs who like it's very different from when I was I was young. It was like it, it wasn't. It, I mean, obviously gangs did move weed around, but it wasn't like now where it's hyper violent. You know what I mean? It's like yeah, but it would just be like a thing, you know? It would again, be like because they're again, all criminals. Again, this is part of the the um, my complaint with the police. The police currently spend two hundred million pounds and one million man hours per year enforcing cannabis prohibition. Aye. It will cost three hundred million to put to replace that um, twenty thousand police officers that have gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, why aren't we, why aren't we taking that two hundred million and putting police on the streets? Yeah, one million man hours put towards the fraud that to get some of the money back from the PPE fraud, or God knows the sexual the sexual offences department. They're desperate desperately in need of the resources. Indeed. I mean, this is the thing. I mean, we've seen like um, from Colorado, certainly from like when Denver started, we've seen that like economically, this can only be, well, generally a good thing if it's managed right in terms of taxation and. Yeah. Again, Colorado, perfect example, right? Council taxes is currently the leading form of debt in the country and they're about to go up, go 5% to pay for cuts to the police. Mm hmm. 
In the first year of legalization, Colorado, a state of 5.5 million people, bust their state targets, state budget targets, by $66 million. Right. So if now they held a referendum to see whether that money was going to go back to the people in a rebate or whether it was going to go into local services, which obviously it went into local services. That $66 million is just going up and up every year, going into all local services. So if people like me were working, I mean, with the skills I've already developed over the years, everything from like team leading, management, and all the rest of it, and the skills I developed whilst growing weed, um, a good grower in the state is making a hundred grand per year at the minute. A master gardener, who is somebody who will be overseeing operations and all the rest of it, is quarter of a million per year, which was obviously the way I'm looking at it. I'm, I'm looking at. It. Yeah. Quarter of a million a year puts me into the fifty percent tax bracket, which was one hundred twenty-five grand per year to the tax man, which puts how many police on the streets? Yeah. I'm only one person. That's the crack. How I many others out there have got that potential right now? Britain is going to be left behind. You have seen what's happened in Germany and the part of their whole Mate, thing. The, country, the country is absolutely fucked. I mean, for me, I look at um, look at what the key side used to be back in our day. Yeah, you know the the, the like early two thousands. The place was absolutely jumping. I mean, I Definitely. see what you like about the Tony Blair era. I, I I agree, he was a terrorist and all the rest of it. But I made a hell of a lot of money out of that time, and I had a hell of a good time. The town was absolutely jumping, the Kevin Keegan era, the place was... That time in Newcastle was... You, you know, it's, it's hard to put it into words, but you know exactly what I mean. That was there, mate. I know exactly. We were putting raves on at the time, <laughs> man. We were like, we knew exactly what you're saying. And exactly. Now, can you imagine a cannabis culture down the quayside? Mm-hmm. And it needs you know, re- the likes, the likes of Am- Amsterdam on the quayside. We've got links to the place in any case. Let's just do it. Aye. I'm, you just I'm, think I'm of all, all, all the people that can get to work. I'm all for it and I <laughs> want to be part of it. One of, well, I'll tell you now, one of the things that I want to do, if I ever have the capital in the future and the time's right, is to open a, a, either a social club in Newcastle or, um, when it, when it's legal, a shop front. That's what I'd like to do because it's like, for, I'll speak as a, like personally, like we'd, in terms of the medical side of it, I arguably wouldn't be here if I didn't have access to decent sativa, which melts away anxiety and depression for me. And I have to word it like that because of obviously the platforms that we're using. I'm speaking from a personal perspective, not as a journalist. I can only speak anecdotally, um, and that's what I'm doing. So anecdotally, my health has improved mental and physical because of putting cannabis products in my body. Uh, you see, I, what I want to do is to treat it as well. Yeah, I, I, I want to use it for the medical and recreational benefits of it, mm-hmm. but I also want to use it as a resource so that I can have a German Shepherd Rescue Center that is all financed by weed. Brilliant! I am all for it, and I think that's a beautiful thing. And I think also, like, well, let's like end the show on that wonderful thing because you mentioned dogs and weed, which is two of my favorite things. Put them together. My, and my favorite things too, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, it's been lush catching up here just on a human level, pal. I'm pleased to see you looking Thank well. You. you know, um, it's been a tough few years for all, and um, pleased you're coming through the other side of it. And just didn't get done in by people with machetes. I'll do my very best to. 
<laughs> right. Thank you. Thank you very much, brother. Um, I'll just do the. I'll do all the like sort of last bits and just see you off now. But I'll be, be in touch. And if you need any help um, with anything, just give a shout as ever. Eh? Not at all. I shall do. Thank you very much. I'm gonna end. Thank all you very much. Thank you very much. Bye bye. That was Trev there. Also, forgot to mention he did this at very short notice because I woke up feeling really healthy this morning and um, for the first time since the crash. So thanks to Trev for hopping on on 420 to educate with. Um, thanks to everybody in the comments as well. Um, Glasgow saying, got a GSD. That is Trev, much love. Jez is saying, got good informative stuff. Slaz, cheers, gents. Um, Matty's saying, Trev, I'm at work and training, but on your grow, bruv. Cheers, everybody. Thanks for being here. If you want to support my work, go to patreon.com forward slash cowdaily. Also, link in the description for PayPal if you want to make a one-off contribution to our work. Um, just on in terms of my health and getting better, we're going to be going back to a regular time, which for international people will be 10 a.m. GMT, that's UK time. So obviously factor that in wherever you are. And um, we're gonna try something new as well where um, I've been looking at how other people do live streams. So we're gonna um, log on at like 9.30 and just keep it light, just have a bit of chat and all that. Um, try that out for a bit, see, see what goes on. And then um, 10 o'clock we'll kick in with some guests. Tomorrow um, we have um, a lad from the Biryami foundation i believe i think i've got that right called ian um he's doing some great work over in nepal trying to bring clean drinking water to people so we're going to be talking about that with him tomorrow that'll close the week off nicely and then next week um tune in and find out who's going to be around cheers chaps all the very best see who's in the comments happy 420 slads all the best see you later leon much love zoe top guy must be referring to Trev, that's Stuart, John Robert McCormick, uh, sorry, Cormick, and Jacqueline is saying, come here. That was really good and informative. I'm glad you're getting better. Let's hope it's permanent. I think it might be this time. I hope so. Awesome stuff from Jez. Right, Jez, all the best, everybody. I will see you tomorrow with Ian, the lad. I don't know if he's actually calling from Nepal or not. That would be cool, wouldn't it? Anyway. We'll be back with Ian, who's doing good work in Nepal with drinking water tomorrow. All the best. See you later.